Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross, and I am the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Episode 86 is an interview with the amazing athlete Maggie Gutterall. Maggie made headlines in 2019 when she won Big's Backyard Ultra, a last man standing event run by Laz, who is the organizer, as you well know now, of the infamous Barkley Marathons. This uh, Big's Backyard sees runners cover a 6.7 kilometer loop on repeat. Each lap must be completed within an hour and starts again on the hour. And after that, it's a battle to see which competitor outlasts the rest. Maggie completed 60 laps to cover a mind-boggling 402.5 kilometres and thus win it. And she was the first woman to ever do so. Maggie has also competed for Team USA at the IAU 24-hour yes, World Championships. She's won a 100-miler outright, comes second at the Georgia Death Race and eighth at Western States, amongst other things. In this interview, we discuss her win at Biggs and what it will take to succeed at Barclay in 2021. Unfortunately, since this interview, I have had to say that I will not be able to attend Barclay in 2021 um, due to travel restrictions for leaving Australia, as in we are not allowed to leave Australia until at least mid to late March. And to be honest, that's been, um, you know, changed from December. So who knows if it will change again. So I thought it best just to say that I wouldn't be able to make it. So hopefully 2022, fingers crossed. I used to think that to get running injuries sorted, one needed to see a physio. How wrong I was. I've been seeing Luke Nelson, chiropractor at Health and High Performance in Mont Albert. Luke is a sports chiropractor who specialises in runners. He has been amazing at helping me get on top of the niggles that I incurred back in GSER, back at GSER in 2019. If you have any sort of injuries or niggles that have been ongoing and, and you haven't been able to get them sorted or you've gotten new ones through lockdown and you need them sorted, let Luke help you get on top of these so that you can enjoy running again and get back to preparing for the hopefully upcoming race season or just so that you can run pain-free. Come in and see Luke or any of the other specialists at Health and High Performance where they utilise the latest in technology and experience to help you get back to your running best. So head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run to book an appointment. I assure you, you won't regret it. You can, of course, also find them on Instagram, Health High Performance, where they regularly post informative videos on how to prevent injuries and develop flexibility and strength. In fact, Luke and I have created a new podcast all about plantar fasciitis, and that's coming out soon. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Rating, reviewing and subscribing helps the podcast to grow and more runners like yourself find it. If you enjoy this episode, which once again, I'm sure you will and I really hope you do, please do go on over and rate and review. I'm aiming for 100 reviews by Easter next year. Next year, this year, not next year. Um, Yeah, so it's hard to believe that it is 2021 already. But, you know, Easter seems such a long way away, but it's not. So I'm really hoping I get those 100 reviews. Flying Charpy, I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced, gave five stars and says, high quality guests and the interviews flow really well, hoping there's many more to come. Thank you so much. There are many more to come. And I hope you love this interview with Maggie. Bars T also gave five stars and says, what an awesome podcast show. I've listened to so many of these episodes and have become a smarter and stronger runner from these episodes. So many cool people sharing their knowledge. Great podcasts. Thanks, Bars. I really appreciate the review. In case you don't know, Bars and I are friends and I really appreciate it because um, I had been chatting with Bars on a run about how I know it's a hassle for people to to do a review and, and I totally get it. But um you know, how much I do actually appreciate it. And he obviously took those words to heart and and put a review in for me. And, And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you are interested in taking your running to the next level, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to organise an individualised training plan. I would love to help you achieve your personal best. Enjoy the interview with Maggie. Hi, Maggie, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, Isabel. No worries. Now, um, can you tell the listeners who, who may not know, but I'm sure they do, but in your own words, just a bit about yourself and how you got into running? Um, yeah, I, um, 
I'm from the United States and I uh, got into running. I was living in Philadelphia and uh, it's pretty much a big city. So I started running pavement. Uh, it was about an eight mile run to get to trails. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a really good trail system in Philadelphia called the Wissahickon. Uh, so it was a big run if I ever ventured to trails. I didn't have a car. Um, so eventually moved out of the city to get more into trail running and kind of snowballed from there from doing marathons. And then I tried my first ultra, which is a 24 hour race. Um, and then kind of fed, discovered trail running and trail ultras. Um, and then it kind of went so from there. So your first ultra was a 24 hour race. You didn't try like a yeah, you know, 50K I did. first or something. <laughs> no. So like the, the race that I knew about was this, um, 24 hour race in July in Philadelphia. And if anyone's ever been in the East coast and, uh, the States in, in July, it's super humid and really hot and horrible. <laughs> um, and so, you know, nutrition's a huge problem when it's like a 95, 105 degree heat. Um, and so, yeah, it was a huge disaster. Um, but that's like all I knew I would run on this loop all the time and I would see yeah. these runners every year kind of suffering and it was intriguing to me to be like what are they doing and then when I found out I was like oh I don't want to do that and then I was like I kind of do and it was just kind of curiosity to just see if you could do it kind of thing um this is all I knew about it I actually then kind of got into it after doing it my first year and then you know you start researching and there wasn't like tons of stuff on the internet yet to believe believe it or not this is only 2011 so it's not okay. that long ago Nice. But, uh, like, you know, I found uh, Dean Carnassus's book and learned about Western states. And, um, you know, then you kind of discover the big races. I did stumble upon Barkley by internet because Matt Mahoney has that, like, website with all of the Barkley stuff on it. And it was intriguing. Yeah. So you haven't actually been running all that long. Uh, yeah, no. I guess, like, 11, what is it? Well, it'll be 10 years for ultras. Yeah. My first full marathon was 2009. So yeah. yeah, not that long. Did you do any other sports before then? Um, I mean, growing up, I played like all the little team sports in yeah. grade school and then high school I was just too cool for it. I just wanted to socialize. I think I was on the softball team and the track team for a little bit for fun, but not yeah. really serious. I was more into art. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's a bit, bit, uh, bit more relaxing than, than ultra running. Although that being said, I find... <laughs> Uh, running around, you know, doing those 24-hour track races can be quite meditative. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And I don't, I don't know, I like never have the desire to kind of create art or anything anymore. And I think yeah. just because I like running and it's more, it's just. And who's, who's got time for that now? <laughs> I know, then you got to clean up after doing yeah. painting. Not, that's a pain. Yeah. <laughs> that's like I used to race mountain bikes, and um, the cleaning up of that's a pain. With running, it's just bang your shoes together and you're done. Oh, my boyfriend's really into bikes. He was injured a lot. We both met through trail running. He was injured yeah. a lot, and now he's so into bikes. I, it's like a 45 minute process to yes. like get ready. Yeah. So <laughs> and then you head out the door and taken apart, and you're like, no, we're supposed to leave. I know. And, and then you head out the door, and five minutes later, you've got a flat and can't yeah. run anyway <laughs> so yeah no running running is much better of course not that we're biased so um you won big's backyard in 2019 yes 2019 yeah that was my second attempt yes so can you tell us about well what you learned from your first attempt and and how you nailed it in um, 2019 yeah uh it was crazy learning experience because so again it was that curiosity where it's like okay you've run 100 miles you run 24 hours a lot sometimes those 100 milers take 30 hours like whatever okay. so there's these barriers you, you you can keep reaching but bigs I mean there could be five barriers you reach and surpass in one race yeah. so it's like oh what's it like to run two nights and three nights and um so that was kind of intriguing and then um I mean, I knew like sleep deprivation would be like hard to handle. So I was trying to like be ready for that. Um, but what I underestimated was um, how much maintenance your body, oh, at least mine needed between laps. So I didn't really use my time wisely to stretch and kind of yeah. do just mechanical issues. 
Um, and then so, I so you like, feel that between laps you need to do like rolling or stretching yeah. or something or some sort of massage or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you do between the laps is like almost more important than like how you run the lap. I mean, don't okay. run it really fast, but whatever's comfortable. And, um, I also wasn't really trying to sleep the first night. Cause like I can get through one night fine, yeah. no sleep, but you really kind of have to get your body in the rhythm of it's nighttime and to start banking sleep, even though yeah. I don't really know if that's possible, but I, I think those little five minute naps add up even if you're falling asleep for 10 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever. Um, And then once you get really sleep deprived, your ability to combat those different problems and think clearly is like really diminished. So I was a little bit blindsided by that. um, And I felt like at a point I was too far gone with my, I think I had a hip like issue that was spreading to my, whole side of my leg like IT band and so it can no longer be like oh well you know maybe you should have rolled or should do something about it and it was just too much and I stopped it turned around at like lap 44 or something and stopped and so that really just bugged me all year (laughs) so then you came back and you redeemed yourself yeah yeah so I mean and you never know like I mean I'm I could have gone maybe like through another night and then I, you know, things could have gone terribly wrong because, you know, Will was looking really good and he, yeah. you know, he's the Kiwi from Hong Kong that, that took it really far. So, you know, so just never know. what was your strategy going in? Like, because obviously if you're going to have to have time for either sleep or body maintenance and that sort of thing, how much leeway time did you need for that? Um, I think... With the big loop, it turned out to be, um, you, you kind of fall into a uniform type of, so I think I had about seven minutes during the day loop and 13 minutes during the night loop. So you like lie down for seven minutes at night and then you wake up, I had my crew wake me up five minutes before and yeah. then do like each stretch, whatever, and get ready. Um, that way you're not waking up to like the buzzer where the yeah. bell or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And then you don't really have too much time to sleep during the day unless that's all you do and you just want to lie down and, and rest your eyes. But yeah. that's when I would do my stretching stuff. Wow. So seven minutes though, that's not a lot of time to get much stretching in, but. Yeah. A good amount. I mean, you probably need like, yeah, a couple minutes or just to yeah. address like certain things. Like I would make a mental note during the lap, like, Oh, I'm going to focus on this next time. Yeah. There's not much yeah. else to do. <laughs> and what did, what sort of things did you eat? Because that's a long time to be out. You can't just have gels or something. Yeah. So I, I did tailwind every lap. Like that was my main source of calories. Uh, I'm not good at, I, I was always been a puker. I'm not good at consuming calories, especially when it gets hot, uh, during the day this past year and on 2019, it was, it was pretty warm. Um, so I'll do tailwind and then they have the recovery rebuild, um, which I'll sip that has fat and protein as well. And I'll sip that you know, kind of when it gets colder or whatever. Um, but then, you know, you gotta eat real food for days and days. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of potato based products or um, mashed potatoes, uh, pierogies. Do you guys know um, what those are? Okay. Well, I, I do. Cause I've been to Canada, but yeah, explain what a pierogi is. Cause the Australians yeah, so might I not. I talked to a guy from the BBC and he's like, what is that? And I was like, <laughs> oh, you guys don't know. I'm like, I mean, if you're from Eastern Europe, I think you would know uh, yes. the Hungarians claim it, but like my mother's Polish. So yeah. it's basically like a ravioli, but it's filled with mashed potatoes. Oh, <laughs> it's it's so good. Yeah, it is so good. It's, like, yeah. it's perfect. It's like a little compact mashed potato uh, pocket dumpling type thing. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, so nice. They're super easy to, to, you know, stuff that was salty um, since tailwind's kind of sweet, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some salt to counteract it. And so how did you train for it to be able to run for that long? Um, big training is fun because uh, I feel like as long as you're mixing up the road and, and, not, and pavement or pavement, road, whatever, um, and also getting in your trail running, um, and you don't have to focus on elevation gain. It's not crazy, but just keep it varied and, you know, just be fit and healthy and you know, I try to load on as much volume as I can, but I mean, you don't know how far you're going and 
Yeah, that's right. You know, some people can do 200 mile weeks, but I just don't have time and I don't think you need to do that. So um, what's sort of your maximum you would do? I don't go over a hundred. I just don't have time. And I don't know that it got, you know, I felt amazing, um, in 2019 and I don't think I went over 90 something miles in training yeah. and yeah. you know, so for me that works. And you would do a couple of speed work sessions a week, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think the speed still helps. Cause I mean, mm. you're going to slow down. And so you don't want your heart rate to go crazy at a, 13 minute mile, yeah. you know, you want it to feel super easy. Yeah. Yeah. And do you do any sort of cross training strength work or anything like that? Yeah. I, I neglected strength work in the past and it's, it's really bit me in the butt. So oh. I definitely try to focus on that. I think that was the 2018 year and I was, it's crazy. Cause like, it was just like a very crazy time. Um, and so with lack of time and everything i let the 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 strength slide um and also that's not fun for runners all the time like (laughs) the strength thing that we have to do or they're kind of super boring like if anyone follows mike wardian he does some of the most boring strength exercises but they're so important like yeah you know the band walks and like all the core exercises the bird dogs dead bugs stuff like that um i think it's really important it just keeps your body balanced and stuff yeah. So, uh, cross training. I mean, I go mountain biking with my boyfriend sometimes. This is, I live in Durango, Colorado. Oh, it's a huge mountain bike. Town, that's right. So. It is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, um, you raced in the 2020 event, which was a bit of a, an unusual one because it was, um, kind of done via, um, you know, via everyone in their own countries. Can you tell, um, the listeners how that race went? Yeah. Um, it mentally had a great time and it was super fun and it was cool. Like, um, yeah. I was disappointed not to see everyone kind of, cause you like, you know, you, Johan and, and, and Guillaume and, yeah. um, all those people, I just sad not to see them. Um, I kind of thought you would go up to the screen and maybe wave at them, but it didn't turn out. You almost didn't know that was going on at oh, all. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I just started having issues pretty early on and, um, for this year, like I had my first injury over the quarantine. Like I did that quarantine backyard thing. Um, Dave Proctor, um, put it on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I interviewed him about that one. Yep. Yeah. And I got to 40 miles and I was just in excruciating pain. So I stopped because I was like, this is a virtual race. What am I doing? Yeah. And I didn't run for two months. I had an SI joint injury. Yeah. Oh, wow. PT once things started to open yeah. up and figured out what it was. So I got ex- exercises, those boring exercises yes. Gordian does. I do those all the time. <laughs> um, and then I like was dealing with asthma issues, which we couldn't figure out where those came from, but I had mm. a really bon- bad bronchitis in December. It wasn't COVID. That was way too early for that to be here, but it was really very textbook bronchitis. And they think maybe that could have triggered like a temporary asthma but so it's oh, been okay. a pretty rough year and I was finally getting ramped up with training for for bigs and feeling really good but I'm wondering if just the lack of miles all year maybe just kind of made it really difficult for that yeah I don't know so but it could just also be the one of those things like it just wasn't your day and um and that's the it, thing isn't it sometimes it's, it's just not your day is it yeah yeah and you know what like I was just making the cutoffs on the entire second day for the trail yeah. Um, I was coming in with two or three minutes to spare, but I was in this, this like great mood because it was almost like this game. And like they always say, take it one lap at a time, but I literally had to take it one lap at a time. You're like, yeah. just get through this lap. And the day flew by so fast. Like, um, and, um, and Laz was saying that there was some trouble with getting tape onto your, was it your ankle? Oh yeah. So I was, it, it became like a slew of just problems, but ultimately this really horrible pain in, in, in the back of my knee to, to oh, my okay. calf. So I asked them to tape the back of my knee, but it was so humid that the yes. tape wouldn't stick. And they finally got some better tape and, and, and got that going, but it wasn't really seeming to help. So yeah. um, tape can solve a lot of things, but not all things. No, that's right. It's not, it's not magic. <laughs> yeah. So um, you've also competed in the Barclay marathons. Can you tell everyone how those two races differ 
Um, yeah, well, bigs, you probably won't get lost. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> yes. so you can really just turn your mind off and focus on just continuing. Yeah. Um, I, have been in it twice and I've made it a total I've, I've done three loops this first year the second loop was well over time but it was nice to see it in the opposite direction it was a really good experience um I feel like I'm still new and just learning so much and like yeah. I mean I'm when I get really tired at bigs I think about how I like making decisions at like hour 55 yeah. on where to go and you're in the dark in the fog. I don't even know. Like, it's just crazy. Like, I, I just don't even know, you know? Yeah. I, and and that's the difficulty with Barclay. It's, it's the fact that you've got to use your, your brain too, which is exhausting. Yeah. You can be in amazing shape. Like Gary mm. Robbins has proved. I mean, he trains his ass off. Like everyone yeah. that shows up at Barclay trains their ass off. Mm. Um, that doesn't help you if it's just so many factors have to be going right and they have to be there and you have to, your navigation has to be on point. Yeah. And for someone like me, uh, I'm not the fastest person, like, you know, Jared Campbell and all those guys, they will blow me out of the water and just a straight up mountain 50 hundred yeah. mile or whatever. So I can't make any mistakes and you know, those add up and weather and things like that. Yeah. So do you consider yourself to be good at using a map and compass and doing all that navigation? Um, I enjoy it. I don't know if I'm good at it. Um, it's weird there because you think you're like, no, and the map makes sense and you can picture mm. it in your head. And then when you're there, you're like, oh, because everything looks the same. <laughs> yes. Unless you're standing right in that spot that's familiar, like then it yeah. kind of comes back to you. Like, you know, when you're running on your favorite trail anywhere and you, and, and make, like, say you go the same way every time and you turn around and look behind you, it just looks like a totally different trail. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's the difficulty with Barclay is, yeah, you go one way, then you go another way. And it's, even though the books are in the same place, doesn't mean you can necessarily find them again. How did you find navigation? Like, oh, well, it I... I'd only done a little bit of navigation practice, so I was still like learning. So yeah, um, yeah I wasn't the best at it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I actually, what I had more trouble with was finding the books, not finding the place, if you know what I mean. So that's like the thing is everyone's like, oh, so uh, the first year I linked up with Ian Keith yeah. and he's an excellent navigator. He had the, you could tell because they had the map in the plastic <laughs> in front of them. Yeah, they, they, they look real. Different get us to this place but like you have to understand the last direction right. yeah only makes sense to him yes and that only gets you to the general area and it's yeah. like finding a needle in a haystack like yeah yeah some spots crazy. some spots we were looking for the book for like close to two hours so you know yeah yeah and that sucks see like we think we spend a lot of time looking for like if, even if you pick the wrong route and go down like the wrong ridge, it could take yeah. so much longer. Yes. And in your two hours, like, okay, then, then your lap goes from maybe 10 hours to, which is within, do, like you can continue on a second lap and you That's still right. have a chance yeah. to coming in at 12 hours where like you're effed, maybe finish a second lap if you can. <laughs> if, if you're lucky. Yeah. 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 And um, so what do you do to um, train your navigation? Um, so I haven't worked on it this year yet. Um, mm. but when I was in Pennsylvania, I worked with my buddy a couple of times. He taught me navigation. He was in the army and he was very, very good at it. He also said yeah. like navigation's a gift, you know, oh, people okay. are really good at it. Um, they cannot, he said I could understand topography really well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm so good at like putting the map down and getting bearings because I've yeah. done them and then compared them to like someone else and they're all two to three degrees off which shouldn't make much of a difference in a but it can. distance this short. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, with Laz's direction, Laz's things are not exact either. Like no. he's not trying to be exact. So, so the, yeah. in, that, in that regard, uh, understanding topography and being able to read a map for topography is actually probably a good, a better thing. Yeah. And, yeah. And I feel like what ultimately comes down to it is like learning the course from a veteran and, yes. and just 
personal experience. Like, um, there's people who pulled, like John Fegaveresi's pulled it off the first try he finished. Like, he, but he has like a brilliant mind and he really studied it and understood it. And he just, just like, he's just really gifted in that way. And he trained his butt off. Um, but I don't know, like your best shot is I think you're knowing the course just by sight. Yes. Um, and not have, like, I don't think Jared ever takes a map out to be honest. I don't. Oh, really? I, yeah, I don't think so. Um, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that at points it comes out. I don't know, but yeah. be curious to ask him or something. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. And, um, <clears throat> so what do you think it would take for a woman to complete three or more laps at Barclays? Um, well, they have to be, they have to be fast, like really, I mean, and strong at elevation. Mm. Um, but again, like you got to know where you're going. Mm. Um, so I mean, for some people, like for me, I think it's going to be persistence, just coming yeah. back and trying again and hopefully getting a, a spot and trying to earn it, whatever. Um, I mean, this will be, this will be my third chance. I've been in it four years, obviously. <laughs> like we, you know, so you train for it four times to be in it three times and yeah. it's good experience, but then you're kind of missing a whole year there where yeah. I hope it just comes back to me. But, um, uh, I think for me, I knew it was going to be a project and to just keep coming back. Like Andrew Thompson took him 10 years to finish. Oh, wow. Um, 10. Yeah. 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 Well, so I know Laz says it's, it, you need a good three to four tries at it before you can uh, generally can, before you can hope to be successful. Yeah. I, that makes sense. I mean, it, when you're there, you're like, okay, I feel like I can do this. And honestly, if you had more time, I think more people could just make their way around that loop. Yeah, it's just that that is a really. It sounds like a lot of time, but it once does. you're out, it's not right. It's not. It's not at all. And he also said that, like, <coughs> we need good weather on our side at this point mm. because that course is just. I don't know. You know how he makes jokes. He said, "Oh, it used to be harder back in the day." Barking. Yes, that's right. But like, <laughs> I mean, how much harder can you make it before like people can't finish it? Um, <laughs> people always finish it, but like, yeah. I mean, we really need good weather. I think. Yeah, and so how will you um, deal with sleep deprivation at something like Barclays, where you could be out for ten, eleven hours without really, especially if you're with a veteran that you need to stay with? What will you do then? In that regard um a lot of caffeinated tailwind i think and whatever else because yeah. i mean all right say you're on your fifth lap and you're by yourself at a point i think you need to lay down and sleep yes. if you have to because like it seems like john kelly's done that yes. um and but for someone like me i think i also think the days of anyone napping in camp is, is maybe over um yeah. i don't do you, think why do you think that I don't know. I just think, I mean, look how fast like Gary aims to transition between yeah. laps now. It's just so quick. And I think people just do, you know, John Kelly says they'll find the most uncomfortable spot to lay in so yeah. that, you know, yeah. he can sleep and then you wake up, you don't yeah. accidentally fall asleep and what yeah. the, what call it, the Limacher hotel under rocks somewhere. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, um, you know, women tend to, well, obviously you've gone, gone well at, at, at bigs. So, I mean, obviously there's the navigation, but why do you think women are so good at something like Bigs Backyard, but struggle so much with Barclay? It's all running, I mean, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly. I think a lot of it is, maybe a lot of women haven't put in the multiple years. Like I know that, um, you know, Bev Anderson abs and then Sue Johnston, they've tried a bunch and, you know, um, age will eventually kind of slow you down. Like once yes. you get to your 50, I feel like I'm, I, I'm 40 now, but like, I don't think I'm going to get faster, you know, in eight years. So <laughs> the time is ticking and yes. it's overall body like strength, like, um, Biggs is not about speed at all. I think Barkley is a little bit. 
um, a bit, more than yeah. a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, speed as in, yes, you got to move up and down mountains as fast as possible. You have to be really good at just bushwhacking your way down a hill. Um, mm. And then you have to be able to run where you can run, which is, you know, sometimes there's a trail or a dirt road, but you got to go fast. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. And then, and just more women need to try. That's all, you know. And, and I think, and I, I don't know what you reckon, but possibly there's also the mindset, oh, women can't finish it. Do you think that has any effect that if someone does manage to, to do well, that that would suddenly change the situation? I think so. I mean, I think that turns some women off too. They, I, I know Laz is just joking, yes, but some I people agree. don't think like that and it's yes. totally understandable. Um, but that also is just silly to me. He's like, he wants a woman to finish. Yes, he definitely um, does. Yeah. And yeah. And, and it's like a, a world record. So like, there's like world records that don't get touched for 20 years and then all of a sudden they're broken again and exactly. again. And it's yeah. like, that barrier, you know? So yeah, I think if somebody just gets to three or four loops, then, you know, some other women will do it and eventually we'll have a finisher, like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope we, we get to see that at some point and yeah, yeah, it would be awesome. And so when you're training for Barclay, would you sort of stick to the same sort of mileage? Do you do still do speed work? What sort of things do you do? Yeah. Um, I still do speed work because I think it's important to keep that speed. And, um, yeah. I was pretty fit the first year. Um, but I think, I think you got to keep the speed. That's all. Like everyone focuses on vert. Yeah. Um, and I focused on vert a lot the first year because I'd never done that amount of vert, especially in one race. I think 60 yeah. hours and who claims it's 70,000 feet of vert. Like, I'm struggling to do that over 25 days for this <laughs> Aravipa running virtual yeah. thing. I'm not going to make it because I decided that I'm sacrificing speed work for this vert challenge. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot of vert. And I think it's just like ultra running. Once your body does it, you kind of begin to adapt. Um, and I do a lot of vert over the summer because I live in Colorado now. You're always yeah. hiking up steep mountains. So I think that I don't need to put as much emphasis on vert. Like I, it will be a huge part of it, but I need to not sacrifice like being a well-rounded athlete yeah. runner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've done the same for a race. I focused on vert and then I was just slow. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, so Megan Hicks is my really good friend. She's from, you know, I run far here. Yeah. Uh, it's a neat website and cover races. And um, she, broke the Nolan's um, FKT. It was originally that's hers right. and Sabrina Vince, you know, going back and forth and what she, that's a faster time than she told me she ever thought she could do. Um, so I was like, what did you do like differently? She said that the thing she did differently this time in training was instead of splitting up her vert days and speed, she kind of did like a brick workout, almost like a mishmash. So oh, okay. she would do a hill workout and then run flat fast or kind of do something that involved running. Or some days it would be, you would run fast, uh, do your speed workout and then do hills so that you're used to the transition. Cause it is going to be in one race. And I was like, that's, that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with something like, is. yeah, especially with something like Barkley when you climb a hill and then it's going to be flat for a bit. You want yeah. to be able to run with heavy legs. Yeah. Well, you're on that, you do those couple of climbs and then you're on that North boundary trail running on yeah. the trail and That's right. it's rolling. Yeah. And it's, your legs are like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, that makes sense. I'm going to try to, you know, just keep changing it up. Cause I don't know. Well, I the body plateaus out. with whatever training you do. So you need yeah. to anyway, don't you? Mm -hmm. And that sounds fun to me too. Like, yeah than just grinding out a bunch. I mean, the first two years I trained for Barclay, I had a treadmill. Yeah. So I did a lot of up. I just hiked inclines, tried to jog or whatever. Yeah. I would do the backwards, like turn around and walk backwards. So you get the, the ah. down. Yeah. My coach told me to do that. Um, so you were actually fun. walking backwards. Yeah. On it. So your treadmill's at an incline and you're walking backwards. You can really feel it in your quads, but wow. so you're walking backwards uphill basically. Yeah, uh -huh. so you look like a weirdo. If you go to the gym, you, put yeah, you, you turn around, 
all these old guys that are would like, be tough. Yeah, doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's still like Barclays just so technical. It's just really good. If you have hills, you can just bomb down or try to. Yeah. So yeah. no, that's very true. And do you use poles? <clears throat> I do. Um, I am going to keep using them because the first year I did a lot of strength exercise and the second year I did more running and stuff and my arms are very tired. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to use the poles as much as possible to get used to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly um, important to train for them. And then also when you're doing these strength work is doing upper body work too. Yeah, I agree. Like I did a ton the first year and I mean, we were out there for 36 hours. Wait, yeah, like 36 hours or something, 32 yeah. hours. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, I think my math's wrong, but um, my arms were not tired at all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my arms weren't tired at all. And you're climbing up stuff all the time. Like you're lifting yeah. yourself up all kinds of crazy things he's named that are called. Different yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And um, so with uh, when you're doing Barkley, do you use Tailwind as well? Yeah, um, it's harder to use it. Yeah. Wish I, I could thought. just have it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I um, I was just kind of thinking of more ways. Because a lot of times you just filter the water from the creeks there. If you're like, before you get to the water drop, there's only two water drops in the whole thing. I have um, to admit, um, and when, when I did it, I just drank from the creek and people were horrified. They're like, they're, they're filtering. And I looked around, they're all filtering their water and I'm just drinking. I didn't realize. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people that have said they've done that too and they're always I was fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's like, a, there used to be like, you have to worry about beavers for Giardia, but I don't think there's a ton of beavers there. No, the, they were talking about pigs. Yeah. There's the Russian boar there yeah. now. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's just luck. You yeah. know, one day you might get sick, but like at the point you'll be well done Barkley, hopefully by well, then. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deal with that later. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It, Australian uh, water out there, I'm sure. Everything kills you out there. You're probably like, eh, water. <laughs> you, you know, you'd be surprised. I, I've, I, um, when I went to Canada, everyone was here in Australia. It was like, oh, my God, you're going to get killed by the wildlife over there. Because um, we all think it's worse over there. In, where? Canada? In Canada or, yeah, Canada or America with all your bears and your, oh. all, that, all that sort of stuff. Like I saw a mountain lion in my run on Yeah, Saturday. exactly. We don't have that. You don't have mountains. Oh my you God, no. Terrible snakes there. I hate snakes. They're uh, all deadly. That's awful. Yeah. Do you know what? I've, I rarely see a snake. And Really? Yeah. You know. Ugh. I, I'm, I'm way more scared of a mountain lion than a, than a snake. <laughs> yeah. I'll take mountain lion, I guess. I mean, really? I figure, yeah, I don't know. I just hate snakes. <laughs> um, but, yeah. That's funny. I guess it's just whatever you're used to, you know, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I talked to a runner, um, Mike foot who lives in Montana and I was asking yeah. him about the grizzlies. He's like, yeah, you just know they're around. Like, I'm like, really? The grizzlies are the ones that, yeah. you know, you worry about besides yeah. like the Kodiak bears and all the things in Alaska. But like, we only have black bears here. They don't really, ah, they're they're right. really yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it's funny because people say that about Australia, but really it's, I find it, it's worse for us. We think it's worse over there. So yeah. Yeah. It's all relative. There's a mountain lion in, in frozen head. I was with my buddy, Greg, who, yeah. uh, Greg Armstrong. I don't know if he is there the year you ran. I don't was think he, he is was. he the key? Where's he from? He's from, um, near Nashville. Oh, okay. So he's, he's American. Like yeah. the guy that makes all his own clothes out of deer skin and stuff like that. He's a really oh, wow. interesting guy. But, um, we were up, uh, near the North Boundary Trail on one of the um, backcountry sites. Yeah. I forget which one. We saw big cat prints up there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there might be like a, a, a mountain lion there, unless it was a very large bobcat, but Greg thinks it was a mountain lion. Yeah. Um, they're probably smaller on the East Coast. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, they're the kind of animal that once you see them, it's kind of a bit late, you know, because they've been stalking you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the so, one we saw on Saturday was running away. So, yeah. I mean, they really want nothing to do with you unless they're yes. a very hungry, desperate teenager or something. Yeah. They have plenty <laughs> to eat here. There's like lots of turkeys and ah, um, okay. 
deer yeah. and elk and squirrels and everything. So, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And um, so you've talked a bit about, you know, you've done some virtual racing and, and you've been injured. Um, how has the COVID situation for you affected your training and racing and, and more your mindset? Um, it's actually been kind of nice because my job with, I, I work with Tailwind. My, um, my title's a athlete and events manager. So I would travel a lot for the events we would go to. Um, I feel like this is the first summer I spent here and I, mm -hmm. I lived here, I guess it was my third full summer, but we've been here two years. I don't know. It was my second summer. Um, and it's like the first time I got to like really explore Durango and it feels like home now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we live, the San Juan mountains are right here. They're amazing. It's where the hard rock 100 yeah. takes place and it's just unreal. Um, and you know, I haven't even, explored five percent of it like it's just crazy so yeah. i really liked being forced to just stay local um when i went to biggs is the first time i left the state in oh, you know wow. since march and yeah. um it you know there's we're in a smaller i mean it's a larger town for the area it's like twenty thousand people but like it feels like a small town it's not like philadelphia or new york yeah. or anything um, so the trails you would go on, it wasn't super crowded. Like, you know, people weren't freaking out and having to wear yeah. masks. You're, you're pretty much spaced out. So yeah, I got to, I'm lucky that I got to be here and it's, you know, I have friends that live in New York and Philadelphia and yeah. that wasn't their experience. So I just, I feel lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's good. And, and I mean, many people have found that, that actually it's been a good time to just have a bit of a pause and a relax and, you know find a different way of living life perhaps a little less rushed yeah yeah and it's nice to just like you know w my boyfriend's always worked from home because his job oh, okay. is back in pennsylvania but he's a software developer so nothing really changed for him except now i'm home all the time and <laughs> we've both been working from home back in pennsylvania so we we could manage that. I think a yeah. lot of other people, that was the first time they were working with their partners at home. <laughs> it's like, yes. um, but it was nice, like no commuting, even though my commute's not that far, but like you could just take a break um, yeah. and go make a lunch, not just yeah. have to think ahead and what to bring. And go See, I find that harder because the fridge was right there and I could just I go to it at any time. <laughs> it's, <Yeah. just> like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm bored. I'll eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, and you know, you don't want to go to the grocery store a ton of times. So we would yeah, go right. get like a whole cart full of stuff, yeah. but then you get the impulse junk food and that's yes. gone the first week and then you got to eat the healthy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn that healthy stuff. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do you, are you like, um, do you follow any special diet? Are you vegan or vegetarian or whatever? No, I used to kind of dabble with like uh, extreme nutrition yeah. plans when I started running um, and all of them made my brain hurt and mm. I find um, I, I did tend to lean meatless uh, and then I moved here and I find that if I eat red meat once in a while, it really helps with my energy levels. I got, it, it's hard moving to altitude and then trying yeah. to train and it was difficult. And as I, I went to kind of just add in red meat once in a while and it seemed to make a difference. So yeah. Yeah. I just kind of try to keep it balanced, but like also not scrutinize anything that I eat. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think a balanced diet, certainly for me, works the best. Like you, I've, I've tried all the different ones, but yeah, I find the balance works the best. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, also with like, I don't know if the Australians went and panic buy, bought <laughs> toilet paper. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meat was a big problem. Ah. I think that was more a distribution issue, but then once people see something dwindle, they panic. Yes, they do, don't they? So like we had meat packing plants, like there would be breakouts, and so yeah. there was like a meat shortage, and people would buy like so they were limited, and we didn't eat a lot of meat. That was fine, but my friend does, and she's like, we can't get meat. <laughs> it's like 
I was like, you know what? All the beyond meat, the vegetarian, like fake meat, that's all there. So we were like, oh, sweet, no one wants this. <laughs> Forced vegetarianism. <laughs> oh, we, we'll eat whatever. It's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a bit the same. So, yeah. So, um, so you're obviously going to Barclay in, in March. And as I was saying before we started recording, I won't be there because um, Australia's extended our travel ban. Is there anything else for you before Barclay or are you going to just from now focus on that? Yeah, it's just that. I mean, uh, that's always been my winter plan. It's just, yeah. you know, uh, the first year I did bigs, I threw in desert solstice, so the 24 hour oh. track race here and yeah. that didn't work out. And, uh, okay. um, then you got to recover and I wanted to just get to training and, and, you know, yeah. So how healthy. many a-, a races would you do a year? Um, I usually keep it to like, I mean, it's been Biggs and Barkley really. And then yeah. I'll throw something in if it works. But like last year with all the travel, I was like, this, that's enough. And then I was lucky enough to get into Bighorn 100 and I got to run that. It was a really yeah. cool experience. That was last June. Um, yeah. and so you know, this year I actually piled on a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I was like feeling really positive about this. Because <laughs> in May, about six weeks after Barkley, I have, um, there's a new race, uh, Air Viper Running's putting on that um, Cocodona 250. Oh, okay. I thought I'd try one of those 200 miles. <laughs> oh, yes. From Black Canyon City to Flagstaff in Arizona. And it's, it's drivable for me. So um, it's a pretty part of the country. It's super unique. So I thought that sounded fun. Yeah. Um, so that'll oh. be nuts. Yeah. yeah. So when's when's that one? That's like beginning of May. Oh, okay. So you'll have, yeah, plenty of time uh, for that. I, I don't know the exact number of weeks, but like it's not a lot of turnaround time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think sometimes many ultra runners do race a lot. So I'm in, always interested to hear um, how successful athletes, how many A races they do. And it's, it's good to see that you don't do too much. Yeah. Yeah. And like, some people are really good at recovering. I just yeah. use the Gordian as another example. He races a lot of races. Um, Courtney is like unreal. Her recovery is, yes. you know, um, but I mean, when she'll pack on and she'll pack on things to kind of see how much she can do and then realize like, okay, that like desert solstice, she knew yeah. like, that's just a lot. So I think she'll just play around with it and figure it out. But, um, yeah. you know, like it, everybody's different. Yeah. And also like mentally it just gets draining and just recover that's, and yeah. for something else. Like. And that's sometimes what I think it is as well is there's only so many times you can go to the well, it's the body's all right, but the mind, um, the mind just has had enough sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, summers are really fun here, you know, cause like yeah. you have a short window when you can get out in the back country and, and explore and, you know, I don't want to have to be like, oh, I have to do a speed workout because it's like yeah. I don't want anything <laughs> on the flat yeah. in the of the yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah. So does it snow a lot where you are in the winter? Um, I heard it used to snow a lot more. It snows more than Pennsylvania, but that could mm. be, you know, you could have a bad winter and then you could get no snow. Yeah. Um, but we did have some snow Saturday. Um, the year, the winter before I moved here, they had a record snowfall. It was like feet upon feet upon feet so you know and then that was the year the hard rock was canceled because uh, the yeah, that right. country had not melted out there was avalanche just yeah. chaos everywhere um so it can get a lot of snow yeah we'll see about hard rock this year and hopefully yeah. hopefully there's you know racing going ahead and and that sort of stuff how's, how's that looking over there for races next year um it's weird. Some are going on and some are not like, I don't know. It's hard to say like one's that far out. I think they're just going to plan as normal and, and yeah. hope for the best. And, um, I mean, obviously Barkley is a smaller race. Yeah. No, it also depends on your state because it's individual states have different guidelines and stuff. And like, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, it's really just hard to say. And it just, there's no like, Oh, well, um, hopefully, yeah, things start to um, sort of normalise a little bit, you know. I mean, I don't know how long I've been saying that, but I'm, I'm still hoping. So, <laughs> and, um, Some good things happened yesterday, at least in the States. We, somebody got 
you know, they got the, the first vaccine rolled oh, out Oh, awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're looking start. at not bringing that here until next year. I think they want to see how it goes everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use this as a guinea pig because yeah. like, it's right. worse. <laughs> That's right. You know, which, which I'm not necessarily against, to be honest. I'm, I'm a bit nervous about the vaccine with so little testing, but, you know. Yeah. If that's what it takes for me to be able to travel, that's what I'll do. Yeah. I, tr I trust science. I got a, a friend yeah. who's like, you know, she's like, whatever they say in the media and politicians, whatever, she's like, just know that we're working hard and that yeah. we're working together. And, you know, yeah. it's like a, it's a separate thing. So yeah. yeah, hopefully it's all good and it works out well. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what UTMB will look like because that's yeah. just, the meeting of so many different nations together in this tiny town yeah, with so true. many people. I hope it, I hope it can go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. August. So it's just, hopefully we can get our stuff together by then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Um, how can people follow you or, or see what you're doing on socials and that sort of thing? Um, Oh, I'm on Strava. It's not always that exciting. Um, and then I'm on um, Instagram the most. It's at Magatron Runs. Yep. Um, a lot of pictures of my dog too. So, <laughs> Of course, as it should be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much. And um, I look forward to seeing you in 2022, hopefully. But maybe we can have a, another chat about Barclay as we get closer and certainly after as well, maybe. Yeah, you too. All right. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Maggie was so much fun to talk to and so interesting. Don't forget to check out the YouTube video of our interview as well. I find it interesting that she agreed with Laz that doing well at Barclay is more about speed than it is for doing well at Biggs. I also found it interesting that she slept every hour for a few minutes on the night portions at Biggs. I'm sure that would have helped immensely. I know for myself, I find sleep deprivation the hardest thing of all to deal with in long races. What did you find interesting in that interview? Please comment in the Facebook or Instagram posts or email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au. Have a great week of training and racing if you are lucky enough to get the chance.